Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 407, Late Season Turkey Hunting Tactics with Harold Knight. And I am your co-host, and the guy who has a very small but long time put off home project he's working on and i'm your co-host and the guy who is in love i saw a picture of your recent love interest so i know what you're talking about would you like to she has everything a man could ever want (laughs) waddles Fiery red waddles. Two legs. Long, sharp spurs. Uh-huh. Six toes. I got got a bachelor flock of gobblers today on camera almost, literally almost all day, but one of them has got multiple beards and some serious daggers. So he's just got it all, man. What more do you need in this world? Well, can he sing? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll hopefully find out. You need to flip that camera over and into video mode and see if he's warming up yeah that'd be good i wouldn't mind that i was just glad to see him it it was interesting they were there from 10 a.m until 3 p.m standing there just chilling in the shade preening dropping feathers eating a little bit peck of grasshopper just reiterated kind of what mike chamberlain said two weeks ago or three weeks ago now about their home range is very small. I mean, they, these turkeys just were chilling. Like, it's not like they're cruising around looking for love anymore. Yeah. They're just sitting there. They're like retirees. Yeah, pretty much. They're just waiting until spring comes again. Thanks to go back into action, I guess. <laughs> just trying to survive. <laughs> That's right. A little bit of food, a little bit of water, and some shade, and yeah. wait until tomorrow. Yeah, but it was good. It's good. It was a nice bachelor group. Had four big long beards. Several jakes, several kind of jake and a halves, so lots of male turkeys, so that's, that's a great sign. A not-so-great sign was Friday driving home. I saw 20 hens and only six poults amongst them, but 
I think a lot of those were Jennies. Well, I hope you're right. Me too. Me too. What home project you got going these days? Well, you know, if you think back, if you pull out of the archives from a long, long time ago, like 2020, we did some renovations to the house. And one of the projects that's been hanging over my head for a while has been to put up some wood trim in the dining room and to build a couple of faux wood beams for the mm-hmm. dining room as well. And so a couple of weeks ago, I got the lumber. Then it's a matter of trying to figure out what color we're going to stain it. And so we figured that out and in the process of getting that stained and hopefully get that dining room finished and get the light fixture put up in there after we get the beams put up and I'll be done with the two-year-long remodel project. There you go. I mean, so, right on the cusp, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, down to the wire, man. I mean, it's it's been tight. You know, the boss lady gave me a deadline, and I'm only two years late getting, getting the job completed. So mm. we'll, we'll see. I think it's going to look pretty good. I'm excited about seeing what it looks like when I get everything nailed up and done. So... Turkey hunters are patient people, so, you know, two years is just a vapor these days. The spouses <laughs> of turkey hunters are patient people. Yeah, they would make good turkey hunters if they wanted to go. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we got heck of a show this week, I know. We've had, man, I mean, this this series, and all these series, but this one, man, we got some hammers of guests for this round. We got Harold Knight joining us this week, talking, honestly... We only talk about late season hunting for about a third of this show. The rest yeah. is just all over the place. But It's a good, really good all over the place. Yeah, really good information. He shares a lot of his thoughts and insights. And I mean, you're looking at a guy who, as far as turkey hunting industry and just turkey hunting in general, was, I mean, he's, he's one of the goats, man. He's one of the ones that's been around forever. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So what do you say we get into the interview, but before we do? I have to say that we are 212 days, 10 hours, 43 minutes, and 12 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Shoo, buddy. That's getting getting mo' better. We got 33 days till fall turkey here and 190 days till you and I will be chasing turkeys for the first time. All right. So now with that encouraging news, we're getting close to halfway mark, by the way. We're getting yes, very we are. close. Very close. Next week, we'll, we'll almost be there. So let's hop in here, talk to Harold Knight. He's got lots of thoughts to share, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Morning, Mr. Harold. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on here with us. Yes, sir. I'm sorry I've been such a hard time getting to do this, but it seemed like every time we try to get together, something comes up. Uh, pretty busy, but good. I'm, I always enjoy doing them. Well, we're excited about having you, and I appreciate well, you taking time out. I know it's a busy time of year for you, getting food plots planted, and I need to start thinking about that myself. So yeah, I, I, yeah, you do. Right now, it's time to do it. You know. Yeah. Well, and we're actually getting rain, so now's the perfect time to do it. It won't be long That's before right. it stops getting, raining up for us. Yeah, it's pretty dry right here, and I'd like to get a rain on this, but uh, I missed one yesterday. It went about eight miles north of us, so maybe I'll get one the next week or two. If the turkeys, I tell you what, the dang turkeys are eating mine up, believe it or not. We've got more young turkeys this year than I've seen many a year. Well, that's awesome. And Yeah, they are absolutely living in That is awesome. That. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Well, what else are you yeah. trying to feed? I mean, the turkeys are who you're trying to feed, right? <laughs> yeah. They they think I'm just out there feeding them. Of course, <laughs> I drilled this in with one of those Furminator planters, you know. And, uh, it goes down the ground, not real, real deep. And, of course, a turkey, I tell you what, I'm not sure a dang turkey can't smell. Them suckers can go right down a row and pick every grain out. They they something else. They, but, they're uh, pretty fast at finding food, you know, they for, if, if they yeah. don't have a sense of smell. I don't know how else they're finding it as quick as they do. That's, that's exactly right. Them suckers can, can find plant corn or plant bees, peas or whatever. They'll find every one of them, seems like. But anyway, I don't mind them getting their share. That's right. Uh, yeah. Good uh, deal. Is this maybe, your, your place there in... 
Kentucky? Yes, sir. I'm in western part of Kentucky. Nice. I'm uh, I'm right right before you get to the land between the lakes, oh, yeah. National Recreation Area. Uh, I live a mile from Lake Barkley and 10 miles from Kentucky Lake. Wow. So there's lots of water here. Uh, and, uh, you know, we I'm hearing pretty much all over the country, and spots has been real short of turkey. Yeah. Uh, we have not been that short right here where I live, but I know in places it's been real short. Yeah. And I don't, uh, I hope they can find the problem. It is a problem. You know, I think it's not any one thing. I think it's a combination of several things. And, uh, you know, we got a big, big nest predator problem here in our state. Mm-hmm. People used to trap, and now then the fur uh, is not worth anything. And people just not trapping like used to. And, you know, you tell a combination of that, a bad hatch or two, and uh, a lot of people bush hog at the wrong time of year and run over two or three nests, and you do all that, next thing you know, you knock the turkey population down. Right. So, yeah. But they have a way to survive, and I just hope to keep doing it. Uh, you know, we have our ups and downs with them, and, and this year seems to be up, and I'm thankful for that. Good deal. We, I'm in, I'm just south of you. We actually have a farm probably really close to you up on the Tennessee River, but on the Tennessee side. And we had a decent hatch this year, but last year we had an absolutely massive hatch. Well, that's good. Y'all had a good hatch last year? Yeah, that's what lies this spring there was jakes everywhere. It was just awesome. But this year it's, yeah, it seems bad. like an average hatch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you ride across you ride across the river on Kentucky Lake there. Yes, sir. So we should be pretty close to you. You know, Tennessee has had their problems up and down with turkeys. Yeah, and, Lord, uh, yeah. That they did a thing this year that I really didn't like. They brought their season in the same day as Kentucky's opening <laughs> day. They've hey. been a brain in two weeks earlier, and that way it gave me a chance to hunt Tennessee and Kentucky more. Now it's going to really put the pressure on me. I have to take so many people, and it, it's hard to find in a, a season like Kentucky to have time to take everybody. And it really helped me when Tennessee had theirs two weeks before Kentucky. But, yeah. Uh, they they decided to bring their season in later and, and leave it in later. I don't think that's a good idea. Last year, the 16th day of May in Kentucky, uh, I saw pokes that looked like was a week old then and that was huh. the 16th then so if they leave their season in to the end of may there's going to be lots and lots of little pokes out there that's interfered with mm. uh, lots of them you know the 30 when you get down to the end of may uh that's a that's pretty late yeah I, well that's I really, a very i really i don't like to hunt turkeys in kentucky or tennessee after about the 10th of may yeah as a very selfish Tennessean, I'm not too sad that some of you Kentucky folk won't be able to come here, but I wish you could. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the selfish turkey part of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, I spend that three hundred and right at four hundred dollars a year with You're right. several years and, and uh, you know, I do more hunting in Tennessee than I do Kentucky. Huh. Because I waterfowl hunt in Tennessee. And, oh, nice. Uh, I'm this year, and I deer hunt in Tennessee and places, you know, and, of course, turkey hunting. Tennessee was like one of my home spots, you know, to hunt. You know, I really enjoyed hunting Tennessee and still yeah. do. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you bring up the, I, the waterfowl. Did you see that? Sorry, this is off topic, but did you see that Ducks Unlimited report they just came out with on the waterfowl? Well, I'm, I asked some people this week out in Springfield, Missouri, and I was asking some people that work, you know, with the waterfowl all over the United States, and they tell me there's lots of young ducks. I hope they're right. Is that, your, is that what you've been hearing? Well, I was looking at they did the, like, full waterfowl report per species compared to 2019, and it looks like we have, like, Four million less ducks than we did in 2019. Well, you know, the people I was talking to was totally optimistic about our hatch this year. Hmm. Uh, I I can't figure out, you know, uh, I know last year, the the year before last, I thought was down some pretty much where I hunted and and last year too. I do hunt Arkansas a lot in Tennessee. And I'm going to tell you something, Arkansas, I've been going to Arkansas for 30 years or longer. And it, to me, going down looked like every year. Yeah, uh, that's it, what I've heard that. 
and then you got uh, states like Missouri, South Southern Missouri, it's got where they got the rice and stuff. Seem to have more ducks than, of course, they used to have. But uh, yeah. I tell you what, uh, and and the geese here where I live, I, I have I hunt Tennessee and Kentucky, and Illinois is for geese, and I have hunted all, a lot of different other states, but. We just don't have the geese that we used to have. I mean, they don't migrate here. And uh, the old James Bay flock, I call it, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they've killed them down or what, but we just don't have the geese here like we used to. Uh, yeah. We do have more speckle bellies and snow geese. My gosh, we have lots of them, you know. Yeah. But and It's I, just I, strange to me. Target. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just strange to me. It seems like. You know, you talk about turkeys declining and the duck numbers from the Ducks Unlimited they put out is, is 4.4 million less ducks. Uh, mallards down 23%. So Now, is that from 19? Yes, from 2019. So it may be better than last year. It's just that the yeah. last time they did their survey was 19 because of COVID, I think. So yeah. it, it just bases it on that. But, you know, it's just weird, oh. strange to me that how turkeys and ducks and geese quail i mean it seems like a lot of different bird species are struggling in the in the u.s right now they are uh, i hunted canada in 19 i know they had lots of waterfowl in canada when i, I was waterfowl hunting but you know i was raised up in uh, quail country mm-hmm. and, and and we just don't have any quail you know i, I re- really 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 hurts me to know that my kids grandkids are not going to get to hunt quail you know, mm. we, we used to have lots of quail. Everybody, you drive up and down the road, and everybody had a bird dog in the pen or tied up and yeah. running loose. And now you don't see any bird dogs at all, and we just don't have any number of birds at all. You yeah. just, some spots might have a covey or two. Yeah. Uh, we have one farm my dad's been managing for quail for 40-something years, and we've still got them. Uh, we got enough to hunt at least, and we're conservative on shooting them, but we still got wild birds. We haven't ever released any out there, and it's kind of its own little island of quail here in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I, I hunted South Texas about 13, 14 years in a row, and some if they had a lot of water, wet year, they'd have a real good bunch of wild birds. But if they had a real dry year and you didn't have the uh, grass and stuff, it seemed like the, the population was way down. And I've mm-hmm. been when it was right, uh, I've been there when we found 50, 60 coveys a day, and I've been yeah. there when we lucky to find 10 coveys. Well, and, 10 uh, coveys sounds so, pretty good, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, the, the way they hunt them are you cover a lot of territory, and and, uh, and a lot of these coveys you don't get to shoot into. Mm. But if you find... 40, 50 coveys of birds, you get to shoot into enough birds to really have a good shoot. But uh, I can remember hunting here in Kentucky, 10 coveys was, oh my gosh, that was great. But you got yeah. to have, get, you'd have shooting. You'd get those birds scattered out and shoot them. And that thick stuff in Texas, a lot of times you don't even get a shot at them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there was wild birds and, and they was really fun to hunt. I, I got to hunt there about 13 or 14 years. And I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, uh, especially when they had lots of. Birds. And I, I have been there in uh, January, and usually when I went would be in January, and they'd be young birds like the third hatch then. And I, I guess those birds are raised, you know, sometimes when they have them super hatches like three times or maybe more. By golly, that's a, that's that's something to see them hatch off three times. And uh, but they'd have the quail. I mean, a lot of them, and you know, especially mm-hmm. on the wet years. And it seems like Texas has had a lot of wet years the last two or three. So yeah. But, but anyway, I would I, I wish some way we could get quail back here. Uh, you know, I don't think it was any one problem. I used to be on the National Board of Quail Unlimited, and I went everywhere and listened to people. And I was in Dallas one time. The little biologist told us that it was a it was a virus. It affected the blue jays, the middle lark, and the quail. And by golly, I got to think about that. I come home, the middle lark was gone. I found dead blue jays, and and a, a quail was depleting about 13% a year, so it went almost extinct. Hmm. And and we still don't have the middle larks here, field larks, I call them. You know, they're, they're just not here like they were. And but anyway, 
I hope one of these days that we can find a way to get quail back like we did the wild turkey. Yeah, yeah, that that would be something because my generation, I'm 27, and they're not even going to know how to hunt wild birds in, in the southeast by the time we get older if we don't bring them back because, I mean, it's <laughs> there's so few, nobody's hunting them, like you said. Yeah, I got to hunt them several generations ago. I hunted quail in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and uh, 90s, and then it started playing out big time, and uh, and I just quit uh, raising dogs and bird hunting, and I really enjoyed it. I, that was a great sport. Oh, yeah. It still it's, is. It's fun. It is fun. Well, yeah. you, you said you don't want to turkey hunt too much late season, but that is kind of the topic we're hoping to cover with you today with, with turkey hunting. I know... With Tennessee opening super late, that's going to be ultra late season in my mind. Whereas, you know, maybe that second week of Kentucky season, because y'all come in, when do y'all come in Kentucky? Is it we, late? We you, we usually come in like the land of 15th, uh, you know, depending on what it falls on on a Saturday. And it, it runs. Could be, it could be the 17th, uh, yeah. uh, but, you know, in a week period there. But, uh, you know, we have lots of people in Plains about Kentucky season coming in a week late. But, you know, after I got to looking at it and everything, and, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it, sometimes you have a late spring and sometimes you have an early spring. Of course, the earlier the spring, the earlier them turkeys start gobbling. But uh, we seem to be getting all the hens bred and, and before our season comes in almost. And I think that's good. And I, I really think Tennessee... I wish they'd have come in around the first week of April. You know, Tennessee is, is further south than Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I think them turkeys in Tennessee, they breed a lot quicker, I think, than Kentucky. Uh, yeah. And spots, you know. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think four birds in Tennessee was too many. I think Absolutely. two is plenty. I think two birds is plenty. And, I, uh, and same as Kentucky, we have two birds. And I do not... I'm not big on fall turkey hunting. Uh, every time I kill a hen or somebody kills a hen, it makes me just wonder. Now, would that have been a, she might have had eight or ten pokes. And, you know, I, I get that in the back of my head. But anyway, I guess we've got a big number of turkeys in places, which I don't think we have now like we used to. And they had that fall season. I, I did not like to shoot a gobbler in the fall. I do not. I like to kill that turkey in the spring of the year, uh, you know, I like yeah. them goblin strut. Yeah. And you know, when you when you hunt them in the fall, a lot of times it's uh you know uh, uh in the if you get them scattered out and lost and call them back or or it's uh, some kind of food source or the cornfields or something like that or, or you know they they are teamed up the gobblers are in the fall of the year seems like mm -hmm. but anyway I just don't like to hunt them in the fall of the year and you know when you think about it, people say. It's well, I thought you'd hum around Thanksgiving. That's when we eat turkeys, but you know they don't. They don't get it. You know, spring of the year is when I love to hunt wild turkey. Yeah, and uh, nothing, nothing can compare to spring. That's for sure. And I agree with you on hen shooting. It probably needs to go for now, at least, because you know Tennessee changed to bearded bird only in the fall, which uh, that's a good move. I think our total fall harvest for the whole state was like 120. You know, so yeah. that's that's pretty minuscule uh impact which i killed one of those myself but i don't bushwhack them in the fall i'm i try to challenge a gobbler flock and get them riled up and get them gobbling and all that stuff and get the show just a little october show before this hold me over till spring but it is interesting yeah. that some of these states i mean tennessee used to be able to kill three either sex per county i mean that was just crazy <laughs> yeah yeah we, we might be paying for that a little bit right now. You know, they, I noticed a lot of the states has mixed feelings about fanning turkeys and decoys and this and that. But, you know, turkey hunting has changed so much in the last few years. You take the decoys, it's made it easier for people to kill turkeys. People hunting out blinds now where they used to hunt and makes it easier. And the fanning is something that's deadly on turkeys and uh, you know and your shotguns and shells your tss uh, tungsten shells is just absolutely a game changer on killing turkeys uh you know mm -hmm. it 
used to want a 10 gauge and everything you could get and uh now then a lot of people are shooting them with four tens and 20 gauge which will kill a turkey real good you know i used to not advocate shooting a turkey much over 35 40 yards but now then i'm telling you with these dot scopes they got and uh the chokes they got a shell a 50 yard shot is just a chip shot i mean that's a layup yeah so so it's it's totally changed and and i tell you something else, in the COVID, the year we had the COVID, was that 2000 when all the schools were closed? 2020, yeah. Yeah, I knew uh, that lots of kids hunted, you know, they got hunt the whole season, you know. And I know, was, I talked to a lot of them here, and I'm not, they, they were legal. Killing juvenile gobblers, but boy, they worked them over because you know, a lot of these kids they want to kill something, which I did too when I was a kid. And I'm glad to see them get to have success. But and then 20, boy, we worked in my county here, we worked the uh, juvenile gobblers over. Yeah, uh, I'm glad it was at least just the kids in Kentucky shooting them. Tennessee, the most all the adults were whacking the juvenile gobblers too. So, oh, yeah, they kill a lot of old gobblers. You know, I'm telling you, people kill more turkeys now. I, I started hunting. No doubt. I started hunting the first season they ever had in the state of Kentucky, 1960, and I killed a turkey in that season. And I can remember it, how they hunted and how the clothes they had. You see, nobody had camouflage. Nobody had a camouflage gun, and you and most people were hunting the gun that they uh, maybe waterfowl with or bird hunted with. You know, we we didn't have a, a choke system in our guns in like we got now. We shot whatever we had. I had an old double barrel. One barrel was shooting, one wouldn't. And boy, I had to make things. I had to get him close. And but you know, it's changed so much. And and I and I, I and the the calls. Back then, we didn't have any calls hardly. You had the old Gibson box call. The box call you had, if you had enough money to buy one of them, I didn't have enough to buy one of them. And uh, but you know, I'd go buy some old buddies that had one. I I say, will you let me just yep with that one twice? I was boy, I was eat up a turkey, you know, after I killed one, and still am. But I I don't kill them now. I watch other people kill them. So. Anyway, I've seen lots of changes in turkey hunting. I mean, lots. A lot of it's been better, and, and I think some of it is, is, hasn't been as good. So, But, uh, you know, I can remember the restoration program when it started, and I thought that was shooting with that cannon net or something. I got to help with that and shoot that net over these turkeys and transport them. I remember stocking a place in Kentucky. It was zero that night, and these turkeys came from Missouri. We traded Missouri otter for turkey and we got the otter from louisiana and we was trading which i thought was a good trade because i think the otters eat all the fish up here now but anyway i turned them turkeys loose we did that afternoon is all zero i never will there's wet in that box you know where they've been sweating and uh everything and and we let them out and i remember them flying out sideways across that field and i thought to myself what a waste but you know what two or three years we had more turkeys there ahead of season and it's just something how tough a wild turkey is that's a tough bird they are they're very adaptable that's a cool story uh, i'll trade otters off our place if anybody's wanting to send turkeys <laughs> i got i got yeah. otters you send them all i tell you what i tell you what them suckers, uh, I, I guess there's a place for them, but boy, they have a flat clean a pretty little creek out or a pond out. And I see them on Lake Barkley here. Uh, there's lots of otters. They are fish catching dudes. Now they can catch them. And yeah. I'm, I'm like you. I thought that was a pretty good trade, trading otters for, for wild turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> that trade's open. Anybody listening, if you're wanting to get rid of turkeys, otters, I'll send them to you. You just let me know. I'll, I'll take that trade all day. Yeah. You know, I, I guess he's a pretty animal and everything, but that uh, that animal, I'm telling you what, them suckers are big and mean. They mean as a junkyard dog. Uh, yeah. I've heard that people call them the coyote, coyote of the water sometimes around here because they're, they're supposed to be yeah. bad to the bone. Yeah, that's exactly what you are. You know, we got a lot of species of animals here we didn't have just a few years ago, and the coyotes won. You know, I remember the first coyotes come here in, in western Kentucky, and I can remember the armadillo. Uh, first time I ever saw in my life was I was fishing in Kentucky Lake and one was swimming and uh, you know we got lots of armadillos now didn't used to have them and you know and of course we've we, we've got uh, just, I guess some other species of stuff we've got 
we used to not have, but the otter certainly is one of them. Uh, I guess we had them years ago, but I don't remember them. And, uh, I, but I guess they have their place. But I tell you what, it, it, it makes it rough on my pond a lot of times. I see a fish laying on the bank and things where they catch and throw out. Mm. Yeah. So you'd mentioned when Cameron, Cameron and I stopped and talked to you, I think it was either right before or right after the seminar that you and Mark Prudham did at the NWTF convention. And you had mentioned to us then that you thought that eventually just about every state in the country would end up with a one bird limit for wild turkeys, a bag limit. Well, well, you know, that's the way we started out. I know in Kentucky and some of the other states probably did too. And, uh, you know, I, if we can figure out how to manage these turkeys and how to how to uh, not let the hunt pressure you know totally get them and uh, pesticides all this kind of stuff, if we can figure out how to sort of get turkeys through all that, it might continue to be a two bird limit. But I wouldn't be surprised you don't see the limit. You well, you've always seen it go down since I talked to you. You know, yeah, right. A lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of these states are cutting it down. Yeah. And uh, whatever it takes to make the turkey survive, you know, uh, I'm all for it. You know, I, uh, you know, I've, I've got a lot of confidence in a lot of the turkey biologists and people. I don't agree on everything to do, but they certainly have, I think, helped a lot. And uh, I, I, I certainly didn't agree with Tennessee on their season the same time Kentucky on us. That's sort of selfish in my thinking, I guess, because I wanted to hunt Tennessee more. Uh, but uh, anyway, they did, and I don't know how that's going to turn out. But I don't think it's a good idea having a season to the end of May at all. And uh, But uh, I tell you what we got to do. We've got to be more aware of when we bush hog the field. You know, I hear more turkeys run over by bush hog and nest in my county than we kill by a long shot. You know, uh, people, will, they always call me, say, well, you do the eggs, I run over a hen. I, you know, it's, it's over with. You know, it's against the law here in Kentucky to hatch turkeys out in an incubator. And, uh, you know, it's over with. When you run over that nest, that, that, uh, I hope that she would nest back. But most of the time, if it's later on the season, she probably won't. And I, I hear so many turkeys. I even hear them running over the hen, you know, with yeah. the hay bay up cutting hay and stuff and you know that that's that is really bad to me but you know a farmer's got to get his hay and his that in but a lot of farmers just bush hogging this crp ground they it should be a time you do that i know in my farm i i'll cut mine real early i'm talking about four hens ever start about nesting and then i cut it at the end of june or not yeah the end of june and, and if i see a hen uh been going in and out of the field i leave it to make sure she is already off the nest and i saw that this year at my house i had a little field there and that hen kept coming back and forth and i decided not to bush hog it and sure enough she had seven posts and uh you know you just got to be aware of stuff like that and and you know, but you know a lot of people are just trying to survive making a living now i understand that but uh there's some people that don't have to push hog the field at any one time they could wait just a little and and i'm not getting into the pesticides i, I i'm not no uh, uh biologist but uh, I do think it, it has hurt a wild turkey and a quail. Uh, some of the pesticides we use. But you know, if it didn't, we got to feed the we got to feed the world, and we got to raise grain and crops. So it's a it's a it's a good argument there. Right. But, yeah. But I do think it's hurt some. Well, you mentioned a couple of times that you were not real excited about Tennessee season being moved back so late in the in the year what is there uh, i mean other than the the selfish reasons and we all have those for every season even our own home state for you know well i don't want them to do this or i don't want them to do that but is there a a a reason that you think that you'd mentioned earlier you know maybe disturbing the poults but is there is that the primary reason that you think that that's a a bad move. I think it. Yes, I think that. If, let's say y'all season. I believe it goes to the end of May, if I'm not mistaken. But Memorial Day weekend, yeah. that Sunday. Yeah. Okay. There'll be lots and lots of young turkeys that's yeah. hatching. You know, sometimes, sometimes it takes a young turkey, uh, the nest of an old hen, to two, a couple of days to hatch out 
a clutch of eggs. And yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be some interference there with hunters walking, you know, out there hunting and running by an old hen and, and, and things like that. Or, and, you know, a lot of hunters don't know that when you, you can tell when a hen's got little, she'll, she'll dictate to you how she's her posture and how she runs off and comes back and all that. And, uh, if you'll sit there and whistle like just in you and, and you, she'll come back to you. That means right there, she's got little. And you, what you need to do is get away. Just get away from them. And let them, don't try to catch one. Don't try to look at them. Don't try to do nothing. Just get away from them. And it's going to be lots of hunter interference in Tennessee this year because it'll be hundreds and hundreds of turkeys hatched out. Heck, I yeah. saw them here at home last year, the 16th day of May. And they've been already a week old. So, you yeah. know, you're going to have a lot of poke interference, uh, I think. And I just hope, and not and just for example, lots of hunters are out there walking and ATVing. And you run by, and you can run on I've done it myself. I run over one one time, and they just killed me. Uh, I know I didn't know it, you know, it was after the season. I was looking at food plots, you know, trying to figure out stuff and run over a little turkey just to, you know, about size your fist. And uh, I hate that. And that's what happens a lot of times. You can step on them. You can, my gosh, you can just do lots of things to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, our... anyway, I, ho- I, I hope it don't hurt a population because yeah. we don't need anything to hurt it. And, and I think Tennessee's doing this to thinking it's going to help a population, and I hope they're right. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they. I hope they're right. So there's nothing I want any more than see more wild turkey. Yeah. And I, I'm going to buy my $400 license or three whatever they are fishing and hunting every year as long as I can anyway in Tennessee because I enjoy hunting Tennessee. Yeah. Well, you you are correct because our our median incubation date is April 27th, and so then she's going to sit for 28 days. So if you do the math there, the last week of our season now will be the average hatch date for turkey poults in Tennessee. So yeah. you are correct that yeah. they're going that last week's when when the majority of the poults should be hatching. Yeah, that on normal year. I know we have them here. Uh, it, uh, starting in May. Some of them, just like this year, I said the 16th day. That's not the real norm. You know, that's not when most of them hatch. But some of them are going to hatch earlier than others. That's the way Mother Nature takes care, I guess of the species and then they'll hatch all the way and our main hatch here will be that first week of june or the last week of may to the first week of june that's when yeah. i find we have the yeah. most and i'm just looking it, if you've got a big cold rain at that time it really is devastating on our turkey you know weather is a big factor on uh, our hatches and stuff if it's cold rain in that period, it's really rough on us. And we have had that in the past. I don't think we had it this year where I live. Uh, it was warm, and we had some rains, but it's warm. And I don't think it hurt the turkey. We really had a bumper hatch this year. So what I think we need to do, one thing, is get out there and kill more of these predators. I think, in, if I'm not mistaken, I talked to Rich Storm, who's the, our game commissioner of the state of Kentucky, last month and i believe he told me they took the season off of raccoons i think it is good because you know I, you see them everywhere you see tracks everywhere and you know a raccoon is a turkey eating egg eating dude him and a possum a skunk and you know another thing you might not think of eat eggs is a big chicken snake or rat snake that dude to eat them and uh then you you polecat will you know, we got all these armadillos now, and I don't think an armadillo bothers a nest except maybe rooting an eggs around in or something, just looking for insects. But uh, and I tell you something else, we got in land between the lakes. It's going to be devastating to our turkey flock. It's wild as hog. You know, a hog will eat anything, and I guarantee he comes over a turkey nest, he's going to eat it. And we've got lots of hogs in the land between the lakes here, which encompasses Tennessee and Kentucky. 185,000 acres, and I tell you what, it it they got lots of them too. So that's something yeah. we're going to have to contend with. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I've been doing all I can killing the predators, especially the coons. But I think I'm I've killed 82 this year, just this year. And I mean, feels like I didn't even put a dent in them. <laughs> no, it it really is something. I you know you used 
I can remember living in land between the lakes when I was a kid, and I was at a, at a man's house, and he's talking to my granddaddy. He said, I saw a coon track here. Just like that, a big deal, saw a coon track. Now then, the, the, you, see them, you see them in the middle of the day and everywhere. That's back when the furs was high and everybody was hunting them. Now then, you know, uh, nobody hunts them. The furs is not high, and uh, we've got... I'm talking about coons in the middle of the day. You see them, and it's just really, we got, I think, too many of them. Right, yeah. So I want to ask you a question about late season. You know, we've we've had, so Cameron and I are doing a series on late season turkey hunting tactics, and we've had a couple of guests on so far to talk about it. And both of those guests have mentioned that they have seen at least in the hunts that they hunt or the states that they hunt late season that they have seen that we're not really having that week to 10 day period of time where gobblers just seem like they've lost their mind they're just gobbling like crazy and they're lonesome and love sick and everything else and they attribute that to the fact that we are losing so many nests and that those hens are going back to rebreed to try to to have a second nest or a third nest and that these gobblers are never really alone you know throughout the, you know what? the breeding season what's your thoughts on that i'm totally 100 percent with them i i can remember years ago i'd hunt and that last week of the season anybody could call a turkey up you just i mean he was lonesome as he could be mm-hmm. i mean you make a yep and he would gobble and come to you i ain't seeing that in the last few years i'm telling you I, somebody said, oh, you just wasted in the season. They'll be just fired up. That ain't been my case. It's been pretty dead main tough in the season. Right. And, uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't seen that just going crazy gobbling. That I don't mean it's some spots area that some might get uh, lonesome. You know, I've been with a hen all year and it gets lonesome. But not, I remember when, boy, it was a, it was just a sure thing to the end of that season. You can kill turkeys, call them up. And uh, I hadn't seen that in the last year or two. I really hadn't. And I hunted a few states. I haven't hunted, you know, just a lot of states, but I've hunted enough to know that they're not fought up like they was in the season. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Matter, matter, of fact, matter of fact, it's very sorry for me right then. Uh, you know, I had to hunt the dang things like you're hunting a deer. Well, uh, that's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of been my experience over the past, I'd say four or five years. Just hasn't been a whole lot yeah. going on late season. And, you know, well, I kind of attributed that to the, to the gobblers, you know, having Jenny's with them for pretty much the entire season. But I'm, I'm beginning to think it's got more to do with these nests getting destroyed. Well, we're going to see this year in Tennessee, you know, we're going to have a chance to hunt them when the turkeys are dead on sitting on that nest. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I tell you what, uh, the last few years, it just hadn't been good for me at the end of the season. I'll tell you, I also had to hunt you like you hunt a deer. And that's not as much fun as that old gobbler gobbling and coming to you strutting and hear him drumming. Right. You know, it's just... It's not as much fun. Or a lot of times I have that time of year put a decoy out in the field and hide, you know, maybe in a blind or make me a little blind or something, especially in the afternoon. And a turkey see that hen gobbler and he'll come out there, strut out there and maybe want to fight it or something. But, you know, that's fun, but it's not near as much fun as calling that old gobbler up, him gobbling, strutting, and drumming. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was going to be my next question for you. Was going to be, you know, how what's your approach on on hunting birds like that? And so, if you are setting up on in a field or in a food plot or something like that with a, you said with a gobbler and a hen, what how much calling are you doing and so on and so forth? What does a setup like that look look and sound like for you? Well, first of all, the end of the season, I do very little calling. You don't, you know, you just don't hear your hens making any sound. When I, when I, I, these hens that's going to be at the end of the Tennessee and Kentucky season, a lot of the hens are sitting. Mm-hmm. And a hen that's sitting don't make any sound. That's the reason the good Lord made that hen the color she is. She's a real dull, right, ugly. That's that's her camouflage, the way she blends in with nature. And I've heard a lot of people say that uh, a turkey hen doesn't have a smell as maybe as a, a, at that time of year as a gobbler or something. And she can sit there undetected and unsmell on that nest. And you don't hear them making a lot of racket in the season. And you just don't make a lot of 
I make very little calling. If I do, it's real soft calling or something, you know. Uh, you know, uh, turkeys, to me, they're not gobbling in the season. You know, you might have uh, some locations where you got uh, several gobblers that soon got back together and maybe a gobble a little. But I've noticed that in the season. A lot of these gobblers will get back together if if, if they're survivors. And uh, I know where I hunted last year, I saw lots of turkeys at the end of the season, but they wouldn't respond and, you know, they wouldn't. They wasn't gobbling or coming to you, you know. Uh, you know, and a lot of times, too, at that end of the season, these turkeys, is, he's been educated some. Uh, you you shoot at a, even a juvenile, two-year-old turkey or a juvenile gobbler, you shoot at him and miss him and try to call him up again, he's pretty tough. Oh, yeah. And that's, that, that happens a lot at the end of the season, too. You know, a lot of them had hunter interference, and they're, they're just a little wilder, and they're not, you know, they've, they've sort of been through the season and, uh, Heard lots of calling and maybe got shot at, and that, that makes it tougher too, Tennessee. But I can tell you this: I'll take the first of the season a hundred to one over the end of the season. That's I'll tell you that. You know, it's the first of the season. We have lots of turkeys together. You know, especially the Tennessee season. The last few years comes in when y'all come in around the first of April. Those turkeys are a lot of them are brothers. You know, the same clutch. Might be three or four gobblers together, and they come to you that first of the season together. And I, I try to make a point, and I'm usually got somebody with me, and I tell them, I said, now don't shoot no two turkeys one shot. You make that turkey get out to itself, and and they they do. But I do not like to see anybody. I hear people all the time call, oh my, you ought to see my granddaughter, see my grand boy. He's killed two at one shot. That don't impress me a that blame bit. I won't. I won't shoot one, then go back tomorrow and hear that other guy and maybe shoot him. So, but uh, yeah, answering your question, it, it's tougher. If I was going to hunt the end of the season, a lot of times I'll be able to blind and I'll still hunt them like you hunt deer, you know, or get them in a blind and uh, put me a decoy out. You know, a lot of people think that a Jake decoy, he'll come that over a adult decoy. I've had experience. Listen, I, we came out with old pretty boy looked like a 40-pound turkey, and I've had gobblers just try to tear him up. I didn't put a Jake fan in it. I put a big fan, made him look like a big gobbler. Now, they think they the baddest thing out there when they're two years old. I mean, they, they, they think they bad. You get two of them together, they really like to try to whoop up on something. Mm-hmm. And I don't use it. Uh, I got a Jake decoy. And I've used it. It's, it's you know, it's not the strutter. But if I've got a turkey that's strutting, I put the full fan up there. So I don't use the Jake there. And I, I don't, I don't think that. Uh, I don't even think that he looks at that Jake. I think he looks at a, it's a turkey gobbler. And right. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of times looking at uh, your decoys, a lot of times I, I, I do like a, I do like a decoy that's realistic looking, and they do have a lot of them out there now. It looks good and they're durable, and they didn't. I had turkey hens and gobblers both just pick the food out of decoys. You know, I had hens just pick the other hen's head, just sit there and pick and pick and pick it. But, uh, uh, you know, decoys is good to use. Uh, fanning, you know, I've fanned turkeys, and it's fun. But, you know, anybody that's got any common knowledge about a wild turkey knows fanning would be just a little dangerous if you're in a uh, public hunting area. You know, oh, yeah. you got to watch that. Oh, yeah. Using a real fan, that thing. But I tell you what, if I could give some advice to, you know, you got lots of young turkey and good ones. And that's something else that's come a better than used to be is calling. These people can call a lot better than you. They got more kind of calls to use, better calls. And uh, they got there's good calls out there. A lot of manufacturers make great calls. And, you know, uh, the calling is better. And, but if I want to tell you something about a wild turkey, if you want to be a better turkey hunter, is to learn all you can about that wild turkey. And I'm talking about starting right now with a poke, going right on through where he likes to roost, where they like to, what to, they like to feed on, what they're doing right now. I watched a drove of turkeys this morning. And they was eating grasshoppers just as quick as they could catch them. And, you know, learn things like that. Learn why they like to roost over water. And learn what to eat year-round. And, and most of all, when you hunt a wild turkey, if you hunt in Kentucky, Tennessee, or New York, know what transition that turkey is. In other words, 
know uh, the, knowing that the first of the season, he's going to tolerate a lot more calling than he is the end of the season and uh, in the middle of the season. Learn what transition, and uh, that'll that'll really help. You know, a lot of times, uh, 9 o'clock in the morning is a great time turkey. And why? Because that old hen, she'll, she'll leave that turkey and go to the nest, and then about 9 or 10 o'clock, she'll lay an egg and come back off and she's uh, ready to run with the gobbler again and you know that's when i kill a lot of turkeys around nine or ten o'clock i hunt in the afternoon and love it and i, I you can kill lots of turkeys in the afternoon absolutely but, uh, yeah yeah do you find late season that you you have better luck in the afternoons than you do the mornings well i can't say i do I tell you what I I like too. I like to hunt them with a front. In other words, there's a rain front or a little cloudy. If it ever starts thundering at the end of the season, I'm headed to the woods. <laughs> Buddy, every turkey in the woods a gobbler that thunder. And of course, that gives you location away. And then you've got half of it whipped. You go in there and give a little soft call or something. Maybe you can call him up. I've done that lots of times. Hunt them, uh-huh. you know, in, in that late season when. Especially in the afternoon, it was thundering. One of them little thunderstorms come up, and he'll answer that thunder. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And you know, being around them, a little front coming through really helps hunting a lot of times. Deer, turkey, and if I'm fishing, I love to fish right pulling them fronts. And uh, that's, that's the same way with turkey. They, they, they get a little active right before that front. Right. Yeah. Well, Cameron, do you have any other questions for Harold? We're bumping up against an hour. Well, yeah, but <laughs> we don't have three hours to <laughs> no, I think that was fascinating information, and I just enjoy hearing his perspective on everything, you know, on even just about turkeys in general there at the beginning and some really good advice there on late-season hunting, which Tennesseans will be doing more of <laughs> these days. Yeah, you know what, you're right there. We are doing a lot more late-season hunting. Because a lot of these seasons, including uh, some of the southern states, is coming in a little earlier. So we better learn how to hunt them late season. Yeah, yeah it's about to be the only time you're hunting them, so you better figure it out. <laughs> you know, I used to start hunting them in some of the states where I have to wear my duck hunting clothes. And at the end of the season, it'd be 95, and I have to strip off. And thank goodness they make these clothes now a lot cooler. And, uh, yeah, and they've really come a long way on clothes and calls and guns and shells, blinds. And uh, it's just it's just a lot easier than it was when I first started. But it's a lot more hunters than it was when I first started. Right. A lot more hunters. A lot more. Yeah. Um, I don't believe there's a whole lot of people that would disagree with that statement you just made about the number of hunters. Yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, I can remember when I just dreamed of going and killing a turkey and going to another state and hearing one killing it. And a lot of these young hunters, they go and if they don't kill one, they think they're failures. They shouldn't feel that way. Go, You enjoy that hunt and him gobbling and everything but a lot of them not a lot of hunters think they fail if they don't hear a kill one every day mm-hmm. and they shouldn't be that way um, because enjoy that hunt and uh, i tell you something else too i've learned a lot over the years by trial and error and when i mess up on a turkey them's the one i remember right and i've watched That's i've fact. watched well over a thousand turkeys killed in my mm-hmm. lifetime i didn't kill all of them i have people i took women kills them but uh you know and uh, i remember turkeys that i let get away or people with me let get away more than i do the ones that kill right yeah, that's a fact yeah those are our good learning experiences there's no doubt about it well harold man i thank you this has been fun it's always good catching up with you and well, I know we'd, I, we'd... i'm sorry i'm sorry it's hard to get pinned me down but i've been really busy and going and but I always enjoy doing these podcasts and things. I'm telling you, I enjoy talking to the turkey hunter, and I always hope I can tell him something that will help him. You know, I try to be honest as I can. I don't try to. I'm not promoting any product. I just wanna. I just wanna promote turkey hunting, and uh, you know, I, I tell everybody turkey hunting just like anything else. You know, you got to watch and identify your target. Because I have had friends shot turkey hunting. Uh, and uh, the, all, all all you got to do is just identify your target. Make sure you know what you're shooting at. And uh, but I'm gonna leave you with that because I can sit and talk about turkey. I mean, never hit the same subject because I, I love turkey hunting, and it's been part of my life for the last year. Right. Yeah. Well, 
You have to be careful saying that because you're talking to two other people that would stay on the phone with you for several more hours talking it too. So, yeah. well, maybe we, maybe we can do this again. I'll be glad to help y'all any way I can, anytime. Well, we sure do appreciate you. We appreciate you coming on the show and appreciate what you do for all of us turkey hunters out there and educating us and, and doing seminars and just chatting with us at shows and things like that. It's just, you know, it's it's a true testament to your character, and, you know, I, I know I appreciate it. So thank you. Well, we're going we're gonna to see how the hunting season goes in Tennessee. And listen, I honestly hope that they have a success with this season they got uh Me too. You know, it's gonna yeah. be a, i don't know if it's experimental or what but uh, i just hope that it works out because i'm for having more turkeys and, and people having uh, a better place to turkey hunt absolutely yes, yeah sir. i agree thank you mr harold i really appreciate it thank you harold yes sir thank you all so much thank you have a great day thank you all right goodbye you know from quail to predators to turkeys, to fishing, to deer hunting. That dude is, he he's just eat up with it. You know, and all the guests that we have on are, but, you know, so many of the guys that we have on are just, like, just devoted to turkeys. You know, somebody yeah. invites them on a dove hunt, yeah, they probably would go. But deer hunting, they're like, eh, no, not really. But I don't think there's anything that Harold Knight would not hunt or go fishing for. I love it. And and most likely be good at. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean he's he's one of those people I guess, you know, he has such good woodsmanship and, and knowledge of one animal he's able to transcend it to others, I assume. And, I, I had someone this has been some time ago tell me that Harold Knight is such a good fisherman that he could have fished in the in the pro ranks. Wow. That's that's pretty high praise. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I have no doubt. And the man does not like otters. <laughs> no, doesn't and like raccoons real, either. If there's a listener who would like to trade their local turkey flock for a couple otters, I will get you some. I'll get you as many otters as you want. And of course, Cameron is kidding because he doesn't want to go to jail. So we just we won't speak of it again. The offer may be valid. May not any, be. Anyone from the TWRA or any other state <laughs> agency, wildlife agency, just plug your ears. <laughs> yeah. Well, so now that was that was good. And, you know, a common theme that I picked up from all three of our guests is in the late season, they're toning down their calling, the amount of calling, and maybe yes, maybe no toning down the volume as well yeah they all did hit that well you know next week we'll get to kind of debrief with you me and and our thoughts and share what we learned and kind of our thoughts on late season hunting because i'd say of, of all the topics we've done you and i should be pretty qualified on this one because we have hunted a lot of late season because of the super slam thing yeah you know? and all of our guests have been very qualified too but for us, this one we've we've definitely had plenty of experience hunting later in the season with pressure of hey you got to get it done last week of season in this state you know yeah so but I just am grateful that these guests are willing to come on our show man it's just freaking awesome getting to talk to Harold Knight <laughs> yeah it is it truly is yeah great guy I mean just like all the other guests we have on I mean I. I don't think I could single out a single one of them and just say, you know, I didn't enjoy talking to that person. That just seems like someone I would not want to share a cold yeah. beer at the camp with. Yeah, that was just terrible. I hated it. <laughs> right, yeah. That was a good one. And, yeah, next week I guess we'll bore the one listener to death with me and you talking. Yeah, well... It was a good show, and I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did, and hopefully learned something. We'll talk to you next week. You got you want the favor of the week, or you want me to hammer it? You give it to us. This week's favor of the week is, and by the way, good job, some folks from last week's favor of the week. Y'all have done well at messaging us about topics and potential guests. So I really appreciate that from the listeners who have done that. Yes. That was last week's favor of the week. Thank you. Yeah, for real. Thank you. But this week, the favor of the week is going to be leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to this. 
We haven't done that one in literally like two years. So if you are enjoying the show in the dog days of summer and you're still listening to us, I assume you have at least somewhat liked our show. And we would really appreciate a five-star review and maybe a compliment on the podcast app. I, I really appreciate I do go in and read those, and I appreciate the guys who take the time to do that. And I, I truly do. So thank you all that have done that. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review. That's the favor of the week. Very good. All right. You want to wrap this thing up then? Send us home. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.